cliffcentral.com. That is a very crafty move by George Meany in uh, the Auto Trader podcast to not tell us how much that Rolls Royce umbrella costs that goes in the door. I just saw that and I was yes, like, that's us. such a great place for an Isn't umbrella. That nice? mm. that in and the car door. You know what I wish they had? Umbrellas that fold upwards for when you get in the car instead of down. You do get those. I put, you get umbrellas. You get Is it a Rolls Royce umbrella? No, I don't think so. But I, now I want to know. So I'm going to have to listen to the podcast. Uh, what the umbrella costs, just the umbrella. Forget about the rest of the Rolls Royce, right? I mean, I'm not going to be able to afford that, but just maybe I can have the umbrella. Do you ever go into one of those high end stores and think it's right here in Melrose Arch? No, I no, no. It. I mean, overseas. Um, if you go into the ones overseas, cause then. It's an, it's an adventure, right? So you go into the <sighs> flagship store in Fifth Avenue, for example. The Steinway go, store in Berlin. I went. Oh, I went Steinway. In, yes. Sir. But you, you can't buy a small piano. No. <laughs> See, no. I go into those little, those, those stores and I try to find the cheapest thing in there. Like if you go into, I don't know, some fancy designer store on, on Fifth Avenue and you find a little card holder <sighs> and it's still like, I don't know, thousand dollars or something. But you do think about it. You're like, well, this comes from here. I'll never forget. I bought a pair of sunglasses at Yves Saint Laurent in Rodeo Drive. No, oh, wow. Hills. I, I was 23, 24. And I thought, got to get this. Rodeo Drive. Yeah. Got to get this. Bought those sunglasses. I've never worn them since. Were you having a pretty, Still got them. Were you having a pretty woman moment on that routine? I did feel a bit like Julia Ro- I felt like a prostitute. Yes. I mean, especially, <laughs> especially when instead of them paying me, I had to hand over some solid dollars. And to, the solid dollars then but were I, not like solid dollars. But I don't, I, I mean, I now look at these sunglasses that I, I wouldn't wear them anymore. So do you want a pair of uh, Eve Sun around sunglasses from Beverly Hills Pumps? From when you were 24. <laughs> well, maybe you like them. Maybe they suit you. Who knows? I'll bring them in for you. You could take a look. All right. Uh, this is the morning you're having family, close central family. Uh, yes, this is the morning you're having. It's a particularly bizarre morning. We're going to be talking about politics in just a moment for those people who only come for that. I mean, I feel sorry for you, but if you do only come for Burning Platform and this is why you're here, do we have stuff for you? We've got such a lot to talk about today. Um, Big Daddy Liberty, who has been a guest before and is himself a regular podcaster and media media personality. He's well known to most people. You can find him on the internets at, at Big Daddy Liberty. His name is Sitlen Gobese, and he has regularly been uh, a contributor to this show. We're going to ask all kinds of questions. So Dari sent me a and today's today an, an, an interesting show, right? Because we don't often do this, where we do news headlines on the show. We, hmm. we often have like, but we, this is going to be... We often fun. have a guest and we focus it on the guest, but I think we're going to do something different today because there are a bunch of questions that... So Dari sent me this message. She's the producer and she sent me a message last night and said, what do you and Sitle and Pumi want to talk about? And usually I'd say, oh, well, we'll just go through whatever's in the news or... But I've actually, I threw together a couple of things that I want to talk about today. And it's interesting to me that we don't ask these questions on the regular because we should do. This is what politicians are there for. What new laws have been passed in 2023? Do you know? So I don't know what new laws have been passed in 2023. I don't know a lot of them, but I will tell you this, which was handed down, a ruling handed down by Concord yesterday. Okay. Um, Arto, 
Act. Yes, what about it? And this is the Act. Remember that a couple of years ago, Have they approved it. Concord handed down saying that it is valid. So, oh, no. in the next eighteen months, they tell us that there will be a Point demerit system. system. That is apparently also integrated nationwide. So remember that the eNatus platform was supposed to also, because you could drive from here to Durban and, and like rake up all of those tickets yep. in KZN when they, you remember they had that, that, um, campaign that says, Alofagwa. Hmm. Right. Then mm-hmm. don't mess on our roads. And then you'd come back to Joburg and never think about those tickets because they couldn't track you down Correct. because the, the system was fragmented. Now we'll have a national system. So now we're going to have a national system Ugh. that integrates, um, all your driving anywhere in the country. And there is going to be a demerit system. So this was a judgment handed down yesterday by the Concord. I, I certainly hope that we, um, we get a little bit of, information ahead of time because I want to know what the system is, mm. exactly how many points you have. Because I'll tell you what, there's always a way around these things in South Africa, right? There's always going to be some corrupt official you could bribe. But if there's a national system, I can't believe I'm arguing for corruption here, but if they put you on a database and you are not able to drive. you Well, what, what it mm. will do is it'll Fucked. make it difficult for you to hire cars mm-hmm. um, because those guys are sticklers hey, for handing yeah. down. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they all have e-tags, for God's sake. <laughs> yes, yes. Those guys are sticklers for those rules. Right. Um, <clears throat> but but it, will, it will also, you know, it has the potential to make a criminal out of all of us. All of us. If the for, con- for slight things too. Hey? Yeah, for because, slight things too. Well, this is why we need to know exactly how the system works. Because if, for example, um, you have a speeding ticket, because maybe you were going 15 kilometers an hour too fast on an 80 kilometer per hour stretch of road at night when there's no one else there. And that counts the same as being pulled over for drunk driving. We, we've got to know how the system works. How many points do you have to spend? Um, how, how do you, is there a, a period in which all of that kind of disappears historically, you know, like a statute of limitations? But also, what does that mean where we have such bad signage? I, I drove down to KZN <laughs> exactly. over the weekend. I drove down can on you Friday. Ta- can you take demerits off of the government yeah, for bad roads? Like also, you know, you, you, you'd have a sign that says it's 120 kilometers here mm. and then just about a kilometer and a half, it becomes 100 and then 80 mm-hmm. because there's a, a, right. an intersection or whatever. But before you had a sign that shows you that the 120 is ending and then it's going to, but there you just, now you are in an 80 kilometer. I feel like we, zone I feel like we should, we should have George Meany on the burning platform. <laughs> no, really. Maybe but he these, can tell us about Because this. these are also yeah. the things that, um, like these are the things that insurers use. Yeah. To, oh, yeah. To up your no, there, insurance. There are, so there are real world things that are going to affect all of us because mm. of this ruling. And of course, the Department of Transport must be thrilled because for them, it's a, it's a way of one administering more, things. One, one more way of milking and tender, tender milking us. Yeah. And they can issue some tenders here and make some money for friends and family. Anyway, I, I suppose we will see what happens. And again, just accept that a huge part of this is going to be massive incompetence by our government. So 
even though the system may be a good idea, it would work in Switzerland. Will it work here? I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, but I, I am curious, like, if anybody in the audience knows what actual laws have been passed in South Africa in 2023. Well, because also the, the, it's hard to figure these things, right? Also, the, the new electoral act was passed this year. Okay, so that's one. <laughs> and and are we happy with it? Do we know anything about it? Why don't people talk about this? I think that the one of the things that we don't talk enough about is who are these people that are signing, that are debating these laws, and yeah. you actually have to think that those people are the Makawulas. Like, Makawula is sitting there in, mm-hmm. in Cape Town, and that's what she's supposed to do. And for as long as we don't pay attention, pay attention at the bare minimum, but also put yourself there. Like, we need more South Africans putting their hand up to well, be in those here are a few bills that are on the table at the moment. These are bills Who's that are table? currently in parliament. This okay. is, these are, these are being, um, discussed and debated and looked at. So actually there are a bunch of them. The judicial matters amendment bill, remuneration of public office bearers amendment. They always put one of those in. Of course. Sneak one of those in, right? Uh, the responsible spending bill, <laughs> South African post office amendment bill. See, I mean, most of these are just nonsense because... What? Tell me about that post office what? South African Post Office SOC Limited Amendment Bill. Bill 11 of 2023. Well, I wonder if that's going to still hold now that the post office is going into um, administration. Well, this is to amend the post office so as to provide for revised duties and expand on the mandate of the post office, provide for repurposing of the post office infrastructure, Diversified expanded services and employ, uh, exploit the infrastructure capacity. This is all such nonsense. And listen, they're such going nonsense. into administration. All of that stuff doesn't this matter. Is such rubbish. Okay. So here it is. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've had 41 bills tabled since 2018. Just 41 bills. That is it. Uh, among them have been the National Youth Development Agency Amendment Bill, which of course has amounted to nothing. The Maintenance <laughs> Amendment Bill, which may actually have had some effect. Um, maintenance of what? <laughs> no, it would be maintenance in in, uh, in marriages. So it would be maintenance. <laughs> oh, for, that yeah. maintenance. Yeah. Where? Where? Cannabis for private purposes bill. That was back in ninety uh, in twenty twenty. That only came about because the guy from the IFP, IFP died. Man, not because he died, Gareth. It's not because he died. No, he man, had he been was advocating he was advocating for it. for it, and then it was part of his. Um, it was it was palliative care mm. that he he wanted marijuana yeah. to be legalized and and listen that's been a real change, mm. but honestly can you can you tell me in those forty one bills that I've just mentioned and really you could do a quick Google search yourself this is not higher grade, uh, Pumi's the kind of person who would read these bills but I'm I'm just <laughs> I glance at the top level stuff, um, I think that Parliament is probably sitting on its hands most of the time Cyril's certainly not pushing anything is he. I'm not. Uh, listen, I, I, I've I've made a personal decision about the number of times I'm going to complain about Cyril, uh, particularly on this show. What's your? So what's I your don't ceiling? want to. I don't want to. What's um, your limit? I, I don't want to squander my quota. Okay, <laughs> not squandering my quota on that one. <laughs> All right. Very good. Well, I don't know if we're going to get an answer to that question, but it's worth looking at because that is the whole purpose of Parliament. 
the legislature in South Africa, the, the, the reason we go and vote, remember we vote for parliament. We don't vote for a president in this country and we don't vote for the judiciary. The judiciary are appointed by the Judicial Services Commission. They recommend people. The president then signs those recommendations and those people become judges. But we have a direct responsibility in South Africa. The reason we go to the polls is to elect members of parliament who are then meant to create laws. And it's the executive's job to execute those laws. So somewhere, somehow, we've got to get back to the basics of how the system works. Basic civic education would be a nice start. What has here's a here's a trick question for you, Pumi, but, while we wait for uh, Sitle and or Canton. I don't know who's joining us now because we're trying to get hold of both of them. But you know what what is a good exercise, and I know this sounds like a geeky thing to do, but we are in an election year, and and people should really consider doing this: is checking what the various people stand for, what the various parties say they stand for. You know what, and then. Your, Looking at your own personal your value plea, system. Your plea is falling on deaf ears. I can tell you that right now. People, when last did anyone read a manifesto? No, but I was thinking about this. It's important. So maybe not even just a manifesto. I agree with you. Maybe even just knowing who the various people that are being tabled, because these lists have to be made public, right? Mm-hmm. They have to be mm-hmm. sent to, to the IEC and whatnot. Right. Because I can tell you for free, as the people of Joburg, we are horrified at a Tabelo Ahmad mm-hmm. becoming the mayor. The people who voted for Al Jama knew that's who they were voting for. Mm-hmm. They knew that's who they were voting for. Yeah. They may not have known that they are voting for him to eventually become mayor, but theoretically anybody that's a councillor can become a mayor, right? But because we didn't know who Tabelo Ahmad was. So you again, you get the government you deserve. But I, I've got a really important question here. And I, I want you to deliberate long and hard on this one, Pumi. Mm-hmm. What has, as a woman in South Africa, right? You're a woman in South Africa. What has the Department of Women, Children, and People with Disabilities done this year to justify their existence? I don't even know who's in charge of that thing. I, no, this is not. I'm. I'm not being. Come on, Pumi. I'm, I'm serious. We, we, if I don't know, who's we're going to wait for another cabinet thing. reshuffle. There's going to be a new minister put in there. Where I hope Kenton comes on because Kenton, you know what, said you, your, your wish is my command. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a cabinet reshuffle is imminent. And I've got a, guys, I've got a point out. Um, Wait, before we even go there, Kenton, I'm yeah. asking a serious question. Anyone in South Africa who can answer this, including the minister who, Pumi and I have no idea who, which minister we're talking about here, but there is a Department of Women, Children, and People with Disabilities. I just want to know one thing they've done for any of those groups. One. You know, I was going to make the point that Pumi was saying just now that anyone can become a mayor. Well, anyone can become a woman. So. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. Yeah. So. (laughs) I think. Kenton, we we know that you, you actually did run in an election. So maybe you should just put on a wig some high heels. I mean, you already look better than 90% of the cabinet ministers just by doing that. And and you're not an attractive woman by any stretch of the imagination. But you could go and become the minister of women, children, and people with disabilities. I, I oh, come on. A, guys, come on, I wouldn't have a clue what to do in that position because, you know, my entire idea is that if you actually have a democratic meritocracy, 
then yeah. women will automatically rise to the top in that scenario. And this entire idea that you need mm-hmm. a ministry for women as opposed mm-hmm. to actually creating opportunities from the ground up is just so fundamentally patronizing. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah. there, there are so many of these. But, so why do we need a minister of finance, a minister of economic development, a minister of public enterprises and all of these things? They all need to be under one portfolio and mm-hmm. they should be. Uh, Even tourism di- direct- needs to be in that portfolio. It doesn't yeah, need to di- be on And directors own. general then report directly to the minister. And the minister's job is to actually ensure that those apparatchiks on the ground are actually doing their jobs. All right. So obviously I picked on, on a really stupid ministry, but we asked the question, how many new laws have been passed since Cyril became president or even in this year? And the number is kind of sad and pathetic. Um, there are obviously certain committees in parliament that do their job and others that do not, but we're, we're doing a bit of a stock take today. So we're looking, we're doing a, what do they call it when they take a business and they do a whole analysis of the business? They break it the down. SWOT they analysis. A, SWOT analysis and company yeah. profile and all that stuff. So we're doing this about the country. And Threats, we looked at opportunities and threats. There we go. So, I yeah. mean, we'll leave, <laughs> we'll leave strengths. Our strengths are our people. Our weaknesses are our government. Our opportunities are to take control of our resources, our threats, our government. (laughs) Can we move on to the next question? But how many, I mean, we think about these things and we usually are a reactive society. So we, we respond once we turn on the tap and there's no water. And then we think, oh, well, why isn't anybody? But it's government's job to do forward planning. I mean, that's what the Chinese, they think in, in decades and in, in centuries, and our government can't even think yesterday's problems away. But how many schools have we been building recent under Cyril now? Because Cyril's we've, administration we've shut down nine hundred schools just in KwaZulu. There we go. Alone. These are these are the things I want us to talk about this morning. So we're doing a little bit of a stock take. Nine hundred schools shut down in KwaZulu Natal. Look at this headline. I wish this was a joke, uh, and I wish this was uh, what was that uh, channel called? The Guptas used to run. ANN7. ANN7. I wish this was ANN7, but look at this. Yeah, no. There's an, <laughs> there's an actual headline. Uh, look look yeah. at this. Nearly 300 councillors from KwaZulu-Natal unable to read or write, but it's spelled yeah. R-I-G-H-T. Possibly this particular that's, news yeah. agency news, news has the Africa. same problem. Yep, that's oh my God. Is this news God. from Africa? God help mm-hmm. us. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, wow. but let's just look at the headline without criticizing the, the poor uh, intern who had to type up that strap line. Nearly 300 councillors in KwaZulu-Natal are unable to read or write. Guys. It's a Freudian slip, guys. Come on. It's, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's just appalling. All right. So no, but the, but so, the, so no the, new schools and we've closed down a whole lot of schools. <sighs> what about hospitals? What about universities? No the biggest obstacle in terms of no hospitals, universities by the way. Higher, oh, sorry, Kenton. So no new universities, but... Almost across the board, there's leadership crisis. There's a leadership crisis at UNISA. There is the, the, uh, VC at Forte has to oh, have no, bodyguards, yeah. two of whom have been killed this year. Jesus. It, like there's, hmm. All right. What, what if the, I mean, we had the Gau train. How many dams have we built? We talk oh, about a water crisis. Are there no new, new dams? Do you have a cricket sound? Yeah, guys, yeah, I mean, you know, let, let's be clear that the water crisis, the, the primary cause that we've had, and uh, Gareth, uh, you might recall we had Anthony Tilton on the show mm. where we, we talked about this. 
the primary cause that we have right now in terms of the water crisis is the fact that for 30 years of ANC rule, the water infrastructure has not been maintained. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, estimates say that up to 50% of the water that is being produced is being lost through seepage that goes into the ground as a direct result of the fact that the pipelines have not been uh, been maintained. Right. But, uh, you know, all of, the, all of this comes back to the question of ham and cheese. You know, uh, okay. one, of the cl- well, one of the classes that I used to teach to um, uh, the various people that I've been teaching over the years was the concept of economics and why it is that, you know, countries in, uh, well, let's take Russia and China as a very specific example. Um, if they do not spend the entire winter months every year preparing uh, uh, sorry, the entire summer months every year preparing for preparing the winter. For winter. They will literally die in the winter of cold. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, the, the, that's a reality in terms of the climate. So here I am right now in the middle of winter in Johannesburg. It's um, seven degrees in the office right mm-hmm. now, but, you know, I'm in a T-shirt. Yeah, coldest because, week of the year. Yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, You're not going to die. I'm not going to die from uh, from exposure at uh, in in seven degree weather, but if I was in the, uh, in China, if I was in Russia, all of Europe, if you did not actually train yourself as a culture to spend your entire summer months preparing for the harsh winter months, your civilization would die. Now, throughout Africa. Um, by and large, are you, are you saying there's no urgency? Is, is, is that the, you know, there, there's, ne- there's never been urgency because it's not imbued in our culture because we've never had the life threatening exigencies that would actually drive us to do that type of thing. It's a very different thing in, uh, uh, the mountains of Lesotho, I must tell you, by the way, yeah. because, yes. you know, they, uh, because you will die in Lesotho if you do not actually stockpile through the summer for the winter. I just want to go back to something. Someone's just pointed out in the comments. I want to give them credit for this too. Um, this is a good point. Oh, so Ryan is busy uh, trying to sort out guests and figure out all kinds of things. This more poor Ryan is dancing on such a moving carpet. Today, today. is a very busy poor day guy. for Ryan. So I just want to get to the comments quickly because someone said here, quite rightly, we talk about no universities being built, no schools being built. Afri, Afri Forum built an entire uni- – well, Afri Forum and Solidarity built a university called Salt Tech in Pretoria from 10 Rand donations. <clears throat> this is the kind of thing that, again, civil society and particularly interest groups like these are doing more than the government. With all that government money, they're unable to do even a tenth of what an NGO is doing. This is hugely embarrassing. The reason I'm asking these questions, though, I, I do want to, I do have a point to make here. And I'm, I'm glad that Canton's on this morning, too, because I know that between the two of you, you know enough to at least answer some of these questions sensibly. We are, we are looking at people who are just in government that are mired in so much bureaucracy and or fear and or corruption and or incompetence. But it's mostly those categories that there is just no forward motion whatsoever. I asked about schools, I asked about laws. These are the basic things that people pay taxes for. These are the basic things that we vote for. These are the things that as ordinary citizens, we at a minimum expect from government. We don't expect them to hit the ball right out of the, out of the stadium. We just expect these things. We expect the game. 
The game is build a couple of schools because we desperately need those. Build a couple of universities, build a few hospitals. But no, they're so busy focusing on NHI, on, on, on taking the pie as it is, this pie, it's this big, and cutting it up into ever smaller pieces and trying to get their share of that pie instead of growing the pie. There is no big thinking going on here. Am I wrong? I think I let's I take the view that wrong. the solution no, not. is not going to come from government, guys. And, uh, you know, I know Pumi goes on regularly on the point about us as citizens taking responsibility for ourselves. I think to a large extent, you'll find that this is already happening in uh, in a number of spaces. Now, I don't know to what extent um, you guys have been keeping track of the homeschooling space, but it's been growing massively in our country. Tell me so, about that, because I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, essentially what uh, what's happening is that we've got, uh, as you know, this complete disaster in terms of access to the um, uh, to the government school structures, because, you know, you have to get into a waiting list, even if you happen to live mm-hmm. literally next door to the school and they'll end up saying, sorry, there's no space. Because they've you centralized the whole damn thing. Yeah, exactly. So, Which they've now done with but, Arto as well, Pumi informs but, us. But at the, but at the same time, uh, you know, you don't have everyone able to um, cough up, you know, 300,000 rand a year to send your kid to a private school, which is sure. you know, pretty much what it costs in terms of good private schools. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you've got this burgeoning body of course material that's freely available online. Right. And... Uh, and you've got artificial intelligence that's actually now guiding individual pupils through processes of study. And mm-hmm. really what's happening now is that you have within a number of communities around the country, and there's one just down the road from me um, here in Buklu, not far from Paul Machatile's official residence, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, is know, the, what is Paul Machatile's official residence? Is Is that a... Is that a government-owned thing, or is it his own house? No, his yeah, no, own house it, in it, Waterfall. It, 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 no, 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 no. no, in no I'm talking down the road here in Baklu. He he has a house in Baklu. Um, okay. uh, 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 whenever we have elections, I meet him at the polling station. Yeah, we, oh. we both pitch up at the. I don't think you're going to meet him next year. I think he's going to be at the Waterfall polling station next year. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, throwing shade so early in the morning. I'm not throwing shade. Um, it's in it's in the paper. Guys, maybe 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 Canton's right. I mean, maybe we should be trying to solve more of these problems like, you know, Afri Forum and Solidarity do. And maybe yeah, we should so, do more so things like home you know, educate, like the, homeschool yeah, our so, kids. But I mean yeah, here, Max Sony yeah. says uh, sorry, Parallel Parking says, please, God, do not let the ANC build a dam. People who cannot fill a pothole must be kept away from building important structures because that dam will probably flood and kill thousands of people in the in the floodplain below. Sure. So, let, you know, let's talk about that again. All right. Now, I'm seeing um, uh, we, we've spoken on the show again about, uh, you know, my next project being to go off grid in terms of water which I haven't yeah. gotten down to doing yet because I'm, I'm still mm-hmm. doing um, uh, my homework in terms of, you know, trying to come up with something that's a slightly dissimilar model to what everyone else is doing. But I'm certainly seeing Jojo share tanks kind of flying off the shelves. Yeah. Uh, just go and take a look at the parking lot and builder's warehouse and you'll see them all yep. lined up there and waiting to move up. There's, you know, full kits that are in place. I mm-hmm. see the, 
guys who are drilling boreholes in my neighborhood on you know practically a weekly basis now. So everyone's actually taking these steps to slowly extricate themselves from government's grubby paws at a number of levels. And I, I think inherently that's where the solution's going to come from. I made a proposal with relation to the Struckers thing that, you know, we should actually get venture capitalists to fund a private mm-hmm. military company in South Africa, you know, very similar to what Wagner is doing and, mm-hmm. uh, and get them to actually take responsibility for uh, taking care of the roads and the trucks and that type of thing. And, you know, have all those companies just pay a levy directly to these guys. And, uh, you know, they, they must just basically be very visible on our highways, all, you know, visibly toting uh, high efficiency firearms. And, uh, you know, their slogan should be, we come in the name of peace, shoot to kill. <laughs> what do you think of that, Pums? <laughs> you know, I, I don't, because we are not yet at a place where we're going to be able to shirk off government completely. I think it, in, on one side, it's a great idea to say, how do we walk away from government anything, right? Mm-hmm. So be self-sufficient, get your own Jojo tank, all of that wonderful stuff and NGOs and, and, and. But in reality, right? Why would you stand in a long queue for an NGO instead of standing for election so that you have access to the public purse and direct where that funding goes. So I hear all of, of, of the, these are the things we should be doing, mm. but here is the thing that we can be doing. I was thinking about this last night to say, you know, this show, for instance, has a couple of thousand downloads every week, which presumably is at least one download per person. If each one of us, say there's a thousand of us, if each one of us spent just a little bit of our energy in making sure that we can get 10 of our friends and family, and this is a small circle of influence, invested, interested, standing up and showing up to, to vote correctly, to be there, to be those lists of people that are on the every forum list. Those, all of those things. So, you know, Kent and I, and I mean, great kudos to you for having done it, you know, with Purple Cow. But that's what we need more of. We, we, we can walk away and hope that those people will not become a hindrance in our own lives. But in reality, we are all so interconnected. Booby, start right? a party. I'll vote for you. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we, we did vote for you, Canton, and we will vote if Pumi does start a party. You know, and I'm just saying that that's what we all, and, and the, the onus, because even if you were to say, you know, ADT, let all the logistics companies pay ADT to check, you know, to track their vehicles and be there at, and, you know, at Pina's Port or whatever. All of those things are, Really a small, small, small drop in what needs to happen. And actually, we are not going to be able to get away from the fact that we are all interconnected. So you and I can become self-sufficient, but your neighbor, you live in Baklu, um, Canton, which is just across the road from Alexander, right? So what happens when all of those people in Alexander are looking at you and where you are. And because there is not a safety net for all of us, you're still in a precarious situation. 
That's... No, we're not. We're not in a precarious uh, situation because well, we have. Uh, um, as I said, what gives me hope for South Africa is that Boers and Muslims have guns. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> Explain that. We, now that there's that re- not enough of them. That requires an explanation. No, Go on. Actually, actually, there 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 are sufficient numbers because the reason why the July 2021 riots did not work is because mm-hmm. of the fact that Boers and Muslims had guns and literally barricaded neighborhoods and said, thus far you shall go no further. All three of us Simple. say this as, guys, as, as non-Muslims yeah. and non-Boers. <laughs> yeah. And look, guys, you know, let, let's, let's be very clear. You know, one should not um, uh, resurrect this, uh, this whole Swat Khafar bullshit that used to be um, uh, the rage uh, during that, uh, that era. Our, uh, Mm-hmm. Um, neighborhoods right now are well integrated. They're completely um, uh, uh, culturally mixed, and <clears throat> don't uh, you know, underestimate the uh, desire for middle class families to actually protect the few things that they've actually built up. Because I see it in my neighborhood groups here on a uh, on a daily and, basis. And 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 also, I, I do think it's probably quite a dangerous thing to assume that people in Alex, for example, or people who are poor more generally, are also going to be violently coming to take things. I mean, that's a that's a very negative assessment of those people's character. A lot of them are, are hustling, struggling to make a living right now, and are not turning to criminality. That's absolutely correct, uh, Gareth. And in fact, you know, the closest part of uh, Alex to us is the East Bank. And um, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I drive through the East Bank fairly frequently because when the N3 is clogged, driving through the East Bank is a very quick um, uh, shortcut, which most people don't mm-hmm. take because they're, they're terrified of Alex. And, you know, the property improvements that I've seen on the East Bank of Alex going back uh, over the past 20 years. And, you know, interestingly, I'm, I must say that the improvements on the East Bank of Alex goes back to the time when Paul Mashatile was actually in government in Gauteng. Hmm. When he was finance MEC for Gauteng, um, Sam Shalowa was was uh, premier. And that was premier. the time at which you had that massive rollout on the East Bank of Alex where you had... Uh, so all of the... But much more money went missing. <clears throat> much more money went missing during that I don't that care. Time there was too. delivery. Okay. During, <laughs> no, under, under, under his watch, we had delivery. We had the Khao train. Okay. This actually was a province yeah. that was working. Yes. Yeah. Right. Thank you. All, that's all a good retrospective. Steal, okay? my, my point is that I want a government that's <laughs> going to steal 10% and not 90%. Right now, we right. have a government that is stealing 90%. And, you know, do I believe that Mashatile will deliver 90%? I think he will. And, you know, one of the reasons why there's a sustained media campaign <laughs> against him right now is because all of the cadres who are stealing 90%, you know, are fully aware that their time to eat is going to be reduced. <laughs> yeah, because there'll be new people whose time it is to eat. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, Canton and once said, yeah, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. There we go. Uh, which ancestor is that? Uh, it was uh, Kautilya who wrote the Arthashastra going back to uh, around about uh, 1 AD, something like that. Yeah. Nice. That's a, that's a long no line, Canton. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's a long line. All right, so Slippery Pickle asks, and Pumi's going to hate this, 
Canton, is it legal for me to campaign for voter apathy, for voter apathy at the polls? I'll make a sign that says voting is the adult version of writing a letter to Santa. Change my mind. Well, I mean, the apathetic voters are already not going to be at the polls. So <laughs> They're not at the polls. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, for uh, the fact that campaigning ahead of it. Look, I, I don't know. I, th- I think spoiled ballots are, you know, it's not worth the effort to get up and go there. You know, you're registering your process, but, uh, your, your protest, but you, you know, know, the idiot is going to get in, in any case. So, Gil Scott Tehran, who's one of my favorite, uh, <laughs> American commentators of the Nixon age, mm-hmm. um, has, has a poem. That he says, you know, uh, technically speaking, because uh, more people voted for nobody, speaking of uh, voter apathy, than people voted for Nixon at mm-hmm. the time. Technically, nobody should be the president. <laughs> but the flaw <laughs> in democracy is that it is not necessarily the will of the many. It is simply the will of the many who vote. Right. So, right. Voter apathy gives you what everybody else who voted votes for. Tapelo Ahmed. All right. So, uh, yeah, Tapelo Ahmed, but he's not even the current. Yeah, he's not. Currently, we've got that, uh, Nyaupe mayor, as we called him on, I think it was Monday's show, <laughs> Tuesday's show. He's called the Nyaupe mayor. He's called the Nyaupe well, mayor, for... but he's, he's also got like fraud stories uh, out yeah. there. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the point is, slippery pickle. Voter apathy, unfortunately, doesn't work in the way that you think it will work. He says the Captain. voters, he says the voters are my target market. <laughs> I want to dissuade people from voting. <laughs> Delegitimize the government further, I suppose. Uh, so first of all, the two opposing. Canton's mic is off. Uh, Canton, first of all, there's someone who says, hi, Bill Canton, that is uh, irresponsible and ridiculous, your statement. And then someone else saying Canton is right. So which, well, which, them, which, which, which statement are we talking about? Because well, I think I, there's a 50-50 split in, in stuff that I say. Half of it is nonsense and the other half I'm not sure. <laughs> That's why we need to be – we need clarity, please, people. If you're going to say what part of Canton's statements are nonsense, be clear about which part they are so that we at if, least know. If it's the part about voting for Pumi, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sticking to my guns. <laughs> 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 all right. Listen, all I'm saying Pumi, is, now guys, if there listen, are a thousand call of us Pumi. on this show, if there are a thousand of us on this show, and each of us convince six people to vote for what we want them to vote for, and Who's not that? necessarily what other people are out, we can't there. even decide even if we're among saying, ourselves who we want to vote for. Even if we're saying, Lalela, even if you're voting for the NFP, right? If you want to drive down and drive up the number of of uh, dissenting voices mm. that are there in, in parliament and in the legislatures. All I'm saying is at a 6,000 odd people, we will have more people than Julius is uh, likely to have at his uh, celebrations. That's true. Based on his, good point. based on last week's, based <clears throat> on, on last week's, um, right. Press conference that he had. Did you see that press conference, Canton? No, I don't do press conferences because press conferences are just an opportunity for people to get free publicity. Uh, Pumi, I've got what to call you what, what, what you were what, saying what, what, just what, what, now. Okay, go, Canton, finish that thought. Yeah, the thought, Pumi, you were saying that, you know, the consequence of voter apathy is that we end up with Tapela Ahmed. Actually, no. The consequences of <laughs> Tapela Ahmed is the natural result of the fact that more and more people have been turning out to not vote for the ANC and are voting for the opposition. So right now, we have the scrambling for people who are trying to get into power. And really, this is a good thing. 
because what it means is that the ANC has lost its grip. It is trying by every means possible to hold on to power. And, you know, rather than saying voter apathy is uh, resulting in the situation, what we must say is that we've actually pushed the ANC to the edge. And now what we need to do is to actually ensure that we are voting for the competent people who are standing yeah. for election. And, and they're still and competent people there, which, look, guys, I mean, I We voted, are in violent uh, agreement, you and I. Mm-hmm. We are no. in violent agreement. We so have to get say, more I'm people showing up positive. to vote. This is not a negative. I okay. agree. I knew, I, I knew it's counterintuitive, right? That to think, I, I, I see so much of this conversation about a fragmenting of the vote and more parties just confusing people. And that works for some opposition parties to scare people into voting for them. But actually what it does when you have more people available for you to vote for, more choice is what we need because then you get more people showing up to vote. And that further dilutes the 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 liberal press is currently panicking because the AFD in Germany has uh, increased its support base to 21%, which means it's likely to be running the government. Who's the AFD? Election. Just explain to us who they are. Um, the uh, I, I forget what the the, the German uh, translation actually stands. <laughs> where, 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 the, 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 where, where do they fit into the spectrum? They um, well, let's put it this way: the mainstream media brands them as Nazis. Oh, then they then they're probably just moderately conservative. Yes, they're moderately conservative. They're very firmly nationalistic. They believe that Germany should be putting Germans' uh, interests first. It's a, um, they, what, are, what are they alternative for Germany? Yeah, probably something. In the like English. That. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. But, um, yeah, the, and what's interesting is that they predominantly from the former East Germany, mm-hmm. which means that um, they're very strongly opposed to the uh, ongoing conflict between Germany and Russia, because remember that East Germany had very strong ties in terms of Russia. They're very sure. firmly in support of uh, ending support for Ukraine. They want to restore ties with Russia because it was cheap Russian gas that turned Germany into right. the industrial superpower that they were before Correct. the Americans effectively destroyed that. My point being that when you get to 21% and people start seeing you as uh, as a point of threat, that's the way real democracies actually end up working. So this idea of needing to have parties that are pushed towards majoritarianism, no, actually, in a true democracy, which the U.S. is not because you only have a choice of two, but most Mm. of the European countries, they're built on coalitions, Mm. and the coalitions end up working based on what they're broadly able to agree upon. So I don't have a problem with supporting smaller parties. Uh, just a, just a couple of comments that I think are quite valid here. So Darren says democracy is like a buffet. Sometimes you end up with a plate full of your favorite things. Other times you're left wondering who invited the Brussels sprouts. <laughs> quite right. Uh, KNA's problem with what you said, Canton, was about the Boers and the Muslims having guns is irresponsible. Voting for Pumi is good. I'll do that. But, but KNA, actually the Boers and the Muslims are the most responsible firearm owners. I mean, if they, if they have firearms that are legal, which we can they assume they do. Yes. Yeah. Then, then Canton, you know this as a firearm owner. It's a hell of a thing to comply with firearm ownership. You have to keep your gun in a Gareth, safe. Gareth, I must point out, I'm not a firearm owner. You know, I'm very pro firearms. I campaign actively I you were. for the right okay. for the right to bear arms. No, I don't have one myself. 
Okay, and the reason why I don't have one myself is just simply because the responsibility of actually ensuring, yeah, it's it's huge. But you know, and they make it very onerous. Yes, no, but I have much respect for people who actually go through the process because they are responsible, Mm. and they and more importantly, they are taught when to use it. All of the criminality that happens on our streets never comes from these responsible firearm owners. Never. Yeah. Uh, if Steenhuizen, I love this. Hardy Dave says, if Steenhuizen fasts like Gandhi and Wendy retires, I might consider the DA. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Some very interesting had, comments. Guys, you know, I haven't, I haven't also consider, I think people should also consider participating in the party that they believe in, in the party that they believe, uh, supports the, the thinking that they support. Consider supporting that party too. You don't well, have to say, somebody said in the comments that people have other jobs other than politics. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying to you guys, if we don't ignore, if we, if we carry on ignoring the politics, there will be no jobs. Yeah. To be uh, so, so Heidi Dave wants to vote Freight's Front Plus. Sounds like a good vote. Am I wrong? So, and there are other ways of supporting I don't have a problem party. with the phrase. We can support front, them uh, with uh, money. We can support mm. them with time. We can support them with yeah. campaigning for them. Support the people that you believe need to be given the opportunity and the chance. That's all I'm saying. All support right. them by all joining right. them and standing for their council. Right. <laughs> let, let, let me say something, uh, Gareth, with regard to the comment just now about Stian Hayes and, uh, and, and Wendy. <laughs> So there's, there's a friend of mine who, um, recently went through a process of having conversations with, um, various of the party leaders. So he had conversations with Musi, he had conversations with Stian Hazen and, and uh-huh. so forth. But he asked them a very specific question. And the question was, how does South Africa's economy work? And they were these, these blank stares. <laughs> You know, because none of them were able to give a fundamental understanding of how South Africa's economy actually works. And so his question was, well, then how are you going to fix it? And then uh, their response is, well, you know, we'll call in the experts to be able to do it. And he says, so in other words, you'll do exactly what the ANC has done. You'll call in the experts and then you blame the experts for them getting it wrong. Mm. And that is a fundamental problem because... People who are out there right now, actually, they don't know how the economy works. Mm. We had that conversation last week with uh, mm. the young woman who is now deputy president of the ANC Youth League, where yes. we're talking about youth employment. And then uh, we raised the question with her, you know, where does mm. AI fit into this brave new world of yours? And she doesn't have a clue what that's about. Mm-hmm. But these are the people that are, who are going to be running our economy. So, so how would you how would you have answered that question about how South Africa's economy works? Because <laughs> it is a, it's a difficult question, and I, no, I, I don't expect no, politicians. It's, it's not a politicians, difficult question. Yeah, well, our, our economy for the past hundred years or more has been an extractive economy. It's been extractive in the sense that we've been plucking mineral resources out from the ground, and we've been shipping those resources overseas without mm-hmm. beneficiating them. And what has happened is that the cost of extracting those mineral resources from the ground has gotten increasingly onerous over the years. Remember that we've got gold mines that now go four kilometers under the surface. Mm. It's absurd. 
Um, so the cost of extracting those minerals has gotten uh, to be absurd. We have not been beneficiating those minerals. We have not been playing to our strengths on the on the global front. So, for example, right. and and you, also you, because we've had cheap labor for so long, we have not kept up with international trends. I mean, if you think about what mining looks like in Australia and what mining looks like here in South Africa. Hmm. Well, because no, guys, you know, understand that uh, the the cheap labor argument actually goes out the window because our labor is not cheap compared to China. Let's be very clear about that. Our labor is not cheap compared to Vietnam. That's the okay. point I'm making, that our labor costs. For a very long time, we did have cheap labor. And so we did not keep up with the technology upgrades that the rest of the world have done. And no, so actually the, the cost no, of labor no, has also me, become me, a, an true. onerous... Me, no, it is, I must shoot you down. I must shoot no, you down. That's fine. We, have, we have kept up with the technology. Okay, We have the deepest minds in the world. Okay, Because but, our guys are, are actually better than anyone else in the world in terms of applying the technology and ensuring that they're extracting maximum benefit from it. So the reason why, for example, the mine dumps are still sitting there, and you'll notice that a lot of the mine dumps are now getting smaller, is because yeah. our technology has actually advanced in fact, to the extent. Can, can I just stop something quickly? I, I just want to stop you because I've got something to show you, which is it's kind of cute and funny. It's one of those old Pathé clips of Johannesburg in 1962. Here's something to... Uh, one of what clips? Okay. Pathé. They used to make those um, ah. those little things that they'd, they'd show in the cinemas before you had television. Watch this. The Golden City, South Africa's Johannesburg. Seventy years have brought a small township to rank with the world's richest cities, and it's still growing fast. A center of gold mining, of industry and commerce, Johannesburg creates enormous wealth. More than one person in three has a car, a fact reflected in the city's design. This is a city of trees and parks. There are 270 of them, ranging up to the 136-acre zoo. In the warm evenings, it's one of the delights to sit in the parks, listening to an orchestra while watching the children play. But around the boundaries of the city are huge testimonials to the energy and effort with which man has created Joburg. The mine dumps from which the gold has been removed. All right. So as Canton points out, if you, if you just watch right at the beginning of that clip, the whole of Johannesburg surrounded by these mine dumps mm. and they have been mostly removed. And we're now being, we're able to use that land again. And of yeah, course, the reason taken, why they're being removed is because, well, because they've you, been reprocessed because there's you new can technologies. Find, correct. Yeah. You can find yeah. uh, huge amounts of gold if you're just prepared to go to a microscopic level to actually sift it out because there's still plenty of value in those mine dumps. Yeah, but, you know, we're going back to the question of how the economy works for me. So let's just stay focused. No, I do want to rather than talking about Australia. uh, This is what I want to tell you about mining in Australia and having worked in the mining industry with a a whole lot of companies. We're focusing on our economy. Look at, look at, look at, look at SNP Global's mining trends report that came out earlier this year. And you'll see that Australia is currently leading when it comes to Technology, mining, mining safety, as we say, thousands of people underground. So how does South Africa's economy work? 
Pumi, why are you so obsessed That's, around Australia? No, no, no just chill about Australia. We're talking about not? South because Africa. Because they're doing something right. They're doing something right. And where Pumi, I'm trying to tell right, you why mining is not our future. You going on about right Australia. So that, we can, so that we can replicate that. No, Carry we can't. On. We Carry cannot on. replicate it. That's the point. Because we, we can no longer be an extractive economy because we have depleted those stocks. And the economy of our country needs to shift so that it's no longer from being an extractive economy where we're simply taking things out of the ground, shipping it overseas, and that stockpile of minerals beneath our feet keeps getting smaller and smaller. We now, mm-hmm. to, uh, we now need to shift our direction to being a beneficiating economy. We need to be playing to our strengths in that field. We need to actually be forming cartels that are going to take control of Minerals where we actually have dominance still. So, for example, platinum, we still have dominance to some extent. Manganese, we still have absolute dominance. We need to actually be doing exactly what the Arab nations are doing, which is we need to be scaling back on the amount that we're extracting. We need to be insisting on beneficiating more of it because all of our manganese currently gets shipped out as ore. We need to be refining it out here. We need to be cranking up the price tags. And we need to be yep. telling the U.S. to fuck off with Goa because we don't need it. Because they need our <laughs> minerals more than we need. They're You're going to disagree stuff. on that too, right? On what? On Goa. No, I don't disagree on Goa. Okay. I don't mm. disagree on Goa. I mean, one no, of the, the reasons... But that answers you know the question. When, you know, how does our economy... Hold on, hold on, Kenton. Hold on, Kenton. Hold on, Kenton. So the reason why I don't agree on Goa, yes. you know, is if you look at, again, having been driving down the N3, you remember all those broileries that we used to have? You remember Farmer Brown chickens? Yes. All of those things don't exist anymore because America's dumping its chickens here. Mm. That's and, and lowering those tariffs and, you know, our, and I have to agree with Canton, the problem is that our politicians don't really know what they don't know. They sign yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. They sign up for things that look like a good idea. And I think most of the time they sign up for things, not because they look like it's a good idea, but because they get kickbacks. Correct. And the people who suffer are us down the line, but the economy is where it is because um, well, that's completely why, fucked with it. That's why I'm glad you brought up this question, which was put to the politicians. Maybe what we should do when they go door to door looking for our votes, because they do, in this country, you know, they go and they, they do these photo ops and then they go to little meetings here, there. We should just throw this question at them until we get a decent answer. How does the economy work? How will you actually make it better? Because these are the kinds of questions, instead of saying to people, what do you feel about the land or any of these easy rhetorical ideological things that nobody cares about? Ask them actual serious questions about the economy and let's see what they can come up with. <laughs> really i think that's if we've learned anything this morning that's it all right i had a whole bunch of other questions but you two have steamrolled us into a whole different ball game here um, ask your questions so you i have just just quick i have one last thing i want to ask you yesterday a huge... to to australia no she doesn't don't oh, mischaracterize Jesus. her otherwise we'll start calling you a pro-russia uh, advocate that's in my so, mouth I, I drove i drove home yesterday afternoon and there was a big blue light brigade that came past me. Well, they didn't come past me. They forced me onto the side of the road while they went past. Uh, there were about six motorcycles, about five or six cars, and then one or two others in tow that looked like they were military vehicles or medical or whatever they were. So I can only imagine it was, was Paul or it was 
Cyril, right? Because they're the only ones who are meant to have such a big blue light brigade. But who knows? Anyway, the whole way, I thought about those people who were, who were beaten up the other day. And I took my finger out of my driver's window. And I held my middle finger up for the entire duration of them going past me. I'm sure at least one of them would have seen. And it's my little way. I know it's rebellious and stupid and probably dangerous if you consider what happened to those other guys the other day. But it was my little way of saying, fuck you, actually. I have no respect for you. I'm only getting out of the way because otherwise you're going to ruin my car. And I don't have any time for you people. I do not respect your position. I don't respect you as office holders. And I think you must know that the people of this country are sick of you. I know it's silly. It's probably not going to make any difference. Made me feel better. What do you think of that behavior? My behavior. I think it's, I think it's a small and meaningful thing that you've done, Gareth. And I'm also going to put a Ukraine flag on my bio on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what it counts for, the same thing. It's yeah, virtue signaling, yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah it's okay. virtue signaling. No, no, seriously. I felt better. I felt better. You know, actually, Gareth, it's not. If that's, if A, it made you feel better, but mm-hmm. it was also a reflection of your attitude to these people and, and how they are behaving and how they've been allowed to behave. And that also translates into how you engage them if ever you have to engage them right it all translates into mm. those things i think that the, the most horrendous thing for me to watch over the past week is the fact that it is even a fucking debate that people are saying what happened to lead to that moment what could those mm. guys have There's that for me is mind-blowing yeah. because it means that there are people in this and for it to be this kind of raging debate that there are people who are quite willing to stand down and kowtow to this kind of bully behavior. Yeah. Um, Canton says I'm being stupid and virtue signaling. Pumi says it's okay. I should do this. Thank you. You must both. stand up. See, we got, we got a nice range of opinions. Happy Thursday, everybody. Thanks, Canton. <laughs> Thanks, Pumi. Thank you most especially to you. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies. We will see you tomorrow, 6 a.m. Ciao. Bye-bye.